Hey everybody, talkingbook.pub is a non-profit audiobook publisher of independent literature. We are located in Asheville, North Carolina, and because we are a non-profit, uh, donations and help from people like you who love these books and love these recordings really helps a lot. So if you want to get involved, donate to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash talkingbook, or go to our website, talkingbook.pub, and read about our mission, send us an email, give us a call, whatever you want to do. But enjoy the episode. Thank you. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris Hartram, and this is the Talking Book Podcast. You come here to listen to uh, to uh, interesting authors that we've worked with in recording their uh, audiobooks. Um, and uh, and here's my chat with Mark Leidner, who wrote Under the Sea. And I had a lot of fun talking to Mark because uh, he was very easy to talk to and a very calming person, I think I mentioned. There's a zen quality to him. He seems very wise, uh, very thoughtful and wise. He helped me with my life. Maybe he'll help you uh, with yours when you when you listen to his audiobook narrated by Luna Cross, Under the Sea, out now from Tyrant Books. You can get it on Audible and iTunes. But anyway, here's my conversation with my new pal, Mark Leidner. Here we go. Hello, Chris. Mark. Hi. What's up, buddy? How's it going? Uh, it's going great. How are you doing? Not too bad. I'm just uh, calling you from, uh, from my apartment in uh, Asheville, North Carolina, and, uh, and, and we're rolling on, on a podcast conversation. Great. That sounds wonderful. I went to Asheville <laughs> last year. It was great. You did? Oh, my God. I can't believe we didn't, uh, didn't know each other last year. Yeah. I figure if I ever go back, and I want to go back, then uh, I'll I'll be in touch. Yeah, you've got to be in touch. That's awesome. You can. Uh, we've uh, had had people in the past come and, you know, whether it was just to record a book or just stop by and like do a reading or something and record that or you know. It's, do you have a studio that? I mean, is it in all in your apartment or house, or is it like a an office or is it yeah we have um it's not it's not in my apartment it's in an, another building um across town but it is you know it's it's kind of a um last time let's see we had one when we did like scott mcclanahan's book and a few others um a, last year we had it in a the same building but we rented out a, another apartment to make a studio out of it um but now the same kind of deal we have going, but it's uh, it's in another building across town that just worked better because I live kind of close to um, kind of busier roads and, and construction oftentimes the way Asheville's moving. And so noise pollution was kind of kind of a problem in this same building. But it was awesome when it was in the same building, but it's still super convenient, though. How often are you recording in it something? Not all the time. You know, we do... Um, like, you know, when we do a, uh, let's say if we have, like with Luna, we have a narrator that lives farther away, then we'll do kind of a remote production where we're just kind of Skyping in or talking to them about, you know, uh, you know, the, the audio they're sending us or, um, and then we have, if we have a voice actor here or an author that comes visits here, we'll do it here. Sometimes we'll use a, like a, a studio somewhere else. Um, if an author, 
I think we did Miriam Gerba's book in LA with a studio that we're friends with there kind of remotely. But in terms of here, um, you know, it really just depends, you know, we might do just a couple of books a year in the studio here, but we also do podcast stuff out of it or people will stop by for readings or, you know, we did like a house party with like Michael Bible and Bud Smith and a few other writers, Ashley Bryant Phillips. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll like record kind of a, like a live house event as well with some of that equipment. So it depends. It ebbs and flows all the time. Sometimes not very much, sometimes a lot. Gotcha. That's cool. I mean, uh, yeah, if we, my, uh, my brother's, uh, mother-in-law lives near Asheville. And so we, we have like a, a perennial reason to visit. So it'd be cool to come see whatever you got or, you know, maybe yeah, be- it'll happen at some point. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it'd be cool just to also hang out with you in real life just because, uh, like, this is, for example, the only time I've ever, um, you know, the first time I heard your voice is when you read an excerpt of Under the Sea for the for the talking book. And then I listened to an episode of Brad Listy's show with you. But this is the first time you and I have ever spoken, even though we've been emailing for what seems like, you know, a long time, I guess, months about Under the Sea yeah. and stuff. So it'd be cool just to, like hang in real life and yeah talk about it do the whole okay, that would be that would be that'd be fun i forgot i forgot to i would put that even above touring studios so. <laughs> so. now i like got you into a corner i'm like oh really you'd like to see the setup where i want to know who you are as a person mark so that's me no you seem like you'd be fun <laughs> to hang out with just based on the podcast i've heard and the, yeah, the, that's... the email and stuff I, I think I've heard good reviews. I think reviews of hanging out with me have been mostly positive <laughs> for the most part. It's not, you know, always trying, trying to work on it. But, um, yeah, that'd be awesome. That's the only reason really. I, I'm like I, hit or miss. Like, if I'm really on, <laughs> it'll be really fun. And But if I'm just not on, it's like, like if, I, if I ate too much earlier or, uh, <laughs> like, if I'm stressed out about work, I'm just like, I'm no, I'm no fun. And I don't know what to do. So, that's that's funny i mean you're probably just that sounds like you're more of an authentic person than me because i feel like my thing would be even when on the inside i can't i don't want to have fun or hang out i feel like i have um my friends who like astrology tell me it's like the gemini in me but uh um i don't know if that means anything to you but i have this like nature to make sure people are having a good time regardless uh with me so i have like a, a neurotic no whether or not they have fun i have no idea but i have like the neurotic um necessity to try <clears throat> now that you say that i feel like maybe that's actually way more true about me than what i just said right so i i'm already i just want to retract that whole thing <laughs> that's uh, officially that, uh folks listening to the podcast that's an official retraction that's not who mark is i'm not a gemini though what is your what is your sign? I don't know much about any of them except Gemini. Um, but what is your sign? I'm a Libra, but I'm like on the cusp of Libra and Virgo. So, uh, but that's really all I know. And so, it sounds like I, I think it sounds like I know more than I do if I say I'm on the cusp of Libra and Virgo. <laughs> no, that makes sense. You know, it's funny, Mark. Is um, you know, we're already off to a hell of a start here on this conversation. I can tell we're going to be good friends and. I don't know if you know this, but so my partner, the mother of my children, Danny, um, who does like 
most of the art stuff for Talking Book, and she's been on the podcast sometimes. Uh, she's a Libra. Looks amazing. Yeah, oh, thank you. She, the website is awesome. Oh, you like that? Okay, I'm going to tell her that, yeah. And um, she also had help from, uh, just because in case he's listening, Sam Thompson, who helps with uh, web uh, coding stuff. So Sam, you too. We love you too. But, uh, but, but the Libra thing is she's a Libra, and I've been told that the perfect match for Gemini is Libra, so that means maybe we're either going to be romantically involved or just be friends when you come to Asheville. Okay. When is Gemini's birthday? Because I'm going to try to see if my partner is a Gemini. Oh, it could be, yeah. Um, Gemini is uh, May. I know that, okay, I'm not exactly sure. Again, you and I are making, up, making this up as we go, but I'm May 30th, so it's around there. Oh, it's definitely not. Uh, when, what is your partner's okay. birthday? It's uh, August 30th. Okay, it's not too far off. Okay. I don't know what you that understand. is, though. It might, it might be a Libra. Wait, so, okay, so Danny, Danny's a Libra, and she is uh, October, so I don't think it would be that. Uh, maybe and it's Virgo. So, so you don't know your partner's uh, astrological sign? No, I don't really. Even it, I think I'm sure I knew it once. Only can remember mine. Uh, okay, it's Virgo. Him, I don't talk about it when It's Virgo. Oh, Just, so I'm like a I got Virgo it. and a Virgo. Interesting. I mean, our, our partnership is like... Virgos, but I'm on the cusp. I don't know if that pans out or not. <laughs> it would be funny if you and, you and I started. It feels like it's panning out. You and I should start an astrology podcast where you and I talk about just <laughs> we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We don't even know what our people who are close to their signs. Probably be a big hit. It would be fun to talk. I mean, I love to talk about anything that I don't know about. Um, so I don't know if that that wouldn't be my first choice to, of things to talk about that I don't know about because I feel like too many people know a lot about it. Right. Like the best thing mm. would be like something that no one knows about. And then you can also try to like learn, but, but uh, I'm, I'm being picky. I would gladly do that podcast. No, that makes sense. I mean, I, I, I liked it. I liked that you brought that up. I was talking about that the other day to somebody that's like, uh, try to figure something out that everybody doesn't know enough about so that even if you aren't so great at it, or if you're a little full of shit, there's really not that many people that can call you out. That totally. seems to be, that seems to be a good angle. And you know, even, uh, not, not to just, not to wrap, wrap myself into that, but I mean, even the, um, the talking book thing initially was kind of like, uh, you know, a lot of it was just like, no one's, no one's doing these kind of books and audio, like no one else is doing it. So like, uh, I'm sure that even if I only do it okay, it'll still seem pretty cool. You know, that, that kind of, in a joke, joking way, that, that definitely had, you know, it seemed, uh, that ties in somehow. I feel like my whole life, is, all the major decisions were entered into because at the time, the, the thing that I ended up doing was like, for the people around me, it was like the thing that they didn't, they didn't do. Maybe, <laughs> right, maybe yeah. that's like why I got into writing because like none of my friends were into it and, I guess it turns out that there's lots of other writers who are really into it too, but I didn't know that when I started. Uh, no, so that, that's interesting. I, I said, I, I've, I've said many times that, uh, all my friends played music and I wasn't good at music. So I just tried to find something else that was cool and already to do when I was young. And that's how I got into writing and stuff. Exactly. Except mine would have been drugs. <laughs> drugs. Of all the different. Like, <laughs> yeah. That. Like that was the thing that I was like, my friends were doing and I mean I don't even 
that's sort of only true. That's only half true, but like, um, but I mean, I did that for a while, but I didn't, I wasn't interested in continuing to do it. Okay. That's a, that's a good segue. Cause you know, I don't, besides your, uh, you know, reading and going through the audio of and working on under the sea and then just, you know, the the little correspondence we have, I I don't know that much about you. And and so it'd be cool to know, actually, you know, you're talking about your friends and being young and, and doing that. What let's, let's pump the brakes for a second. And and where, where are you from? I'm from Tifton, Georgia, which is a small town in South Georgia. Okay. So I'm from the Bible belt and like 40 miles north of Florida. If you've ever driven to Florida through Georgia, down I-75, driven I have. I have. So, yeah, south of Macon, north of Valdosta. Okay, cool. And so you said, uh, just to kind of illustrate that that, uh, that anecdote, you was this like, you know, maybe you know, high school age or college age when you were trying to figure out something to do instead of drugs, and you're like, how about writing? How old were you during that time? That would have been college. Um, and it really, it's so funny. I'm not even, I didn't do that much drugs or compared to a lot of people, maybe even very little, but it's so funny. Something flies out of your mouth and then it becomes a story. And then I just always want to retract everything as soon as I say <laughs> it. But, but the point is, um, yeah, in college, it's not, it wasn't, wasn't really, I mean, I guess alcohol is the drug I'm talking about. And so I, sure. I guess I was trying to make it sound more interesting than it was. Sure. And, uh, it was definitely not that interesting, although it was fun often, but yeah, like, like a lot of people in college, just the main thing was to get wasted and, um, at some, at, you know, after three years of it, it's like, wait a minute. There's something more, <laughs> maybe there's something more to life. Um, and maybe, and I got to figure it out. And it was really like, uh, just taking different classes. I had the luxury to like take a bunch of classes and try a bunch of stuff. And then I took a creative writing class, uh, in like 2002 or three. And it was, it was awesome. And I was like, this is the most fun thing I've ever done. And I saw my teacher who was this poet, um, a, a really important, uh, learning uh, person in my learning, Her, this poet named Kalea Reed, and uh, she, I was like, oh my gosh, this is her job. This is what she does. I, this is a, this is the best, greatest job in the world. So I was like really set on becoming a writer if I could. Okay, cool. Oh, that's interesting. So you didn't go into, so uh, you didn't go into college. And you were like, I'm going to study creative writing. It was more so something that you stumbled upon while you were there. Yeah, exactly. I was uh, I was like a business major first, and then I tried to be a poli sci major, and I ended up being an econ major in the arts and sciences. And I liked economics really because I like I liked math and I was good at math, and I really hated English and I wasn't very good at it or I didn't think I was, and so my English courses were like pulling teeth to to read or or to even. Um, especially to write any of the essays. So, but then I took a creative writing class thing and this will be easy and, and stupid and fun. And it was like, it was so much uh, more than those three. It was all three of those things, but um, it, it was like, it hit me um, kind of like right in the soul of how much I enjoyed it and uh, got out of it. So 
I just tried to take more classes. And it was like a year or two before I was like, I'm going to actually try to write something other than for class. Yeah, that's funny. I feel like usually the more more stories that that's kind of a unique one. I, I feel like I always hear one that kind of mirrors my own, where it's like I always liked reading and writing, and I was like, I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to try to be a writer. And even though I didn't know what the hell that meant, I was just faking it the whole time. Of course, like I had that idea. I was bad at math, but I was good at like English. So I think that's a that's kind of a more unique one, being good at the other stuff and then you know stumbling onto it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I think when I was a kid, I, w- I would be drawing or writing something. And then often I, I just have all these memories of teachers or like my parents or parents didn't really encourage me artistically. They were very encouraging, but, but I had a lot of teachers who like, oh, I'm doodling in class. Like, Mark, can we, uh, this is cool. Can we, can we put this in the literary magazine or something? Or, oh, you should come to the art like after school stuff. And I was like, come on, that's stupid. I'm not doing that crap. <laughs> like, I was just like, what a waste of time. Are you kidding me? Like, that's not going to do anything. Uh, that's not going to do anything for me. And uh, this, this is garbage what I'm doing. So it, I feel like I was maybe always writing, but I just, I thought it was kind of, um, like a silly act, pointless. not an important one. Exactly. Exactly. It was just not what you do in, in my, I don't know. For some reason, I just had no respect for it and no admiration for it. And, uh, until I started to do it and then, um, it it was like, it was like being reborn almost like my perspective on it. Huh. That's awesome. It happened pretty late. Yeah. That's interesting. So what did you do after college then? So I, uh, well, I was going to go to law school before I got all hooked on this, um, on writing. And cause I really, I, I thought about politics a lot and I like followed the news and I was really like, I was like, wow, if you want to do a lot of good in the world, maybe you should become a lawyer so you could run for office. And that was like right. this kind of idiotic, perhaps idiotic, uh, like way of trying to find your identity, find my identity. And, uh, so I was going to go to law school, even though I had no interest in law itself. Um, but I just was interested in politics. And um, then I you were trying to, you were trying to do some kind of like practical good. Or was yeah, it- I, because I, but I, I don't think because of any noble reason. I just didn't know what else to do with my sure. life. There was right. nothing else I was doing that was gonna, that was like kind of firing my imagination. Um, and I was like. I, I don't know. I just, it, it was like the default. Um, so, but, but after a few creative writing classes and I, I realized that my creative writing teachers had what seemed to me the perfect job where you could talk about writing all day with people and read and write and, you know, have an office and just live college. For <laughs> so like, right. I, I tried to, after, um, after graduating college, I kind of, I tried to get into grad school for writing and I got rejected the first time I tried. So I said, I give myself one more year. I just kept my part-time job and just wrote for like a year after. And then I got into some schools and went to, ended up going to university of Iowa and I never lived outside of Georgia before that. So, Oh, okay. Cool. You're kind of like leaving home for the first time. 
And you got uh, a, you got, you got a, you, you did an MFA. Yeah, in poetry. Okay, fascinating, huh? Yeah, and then after that, I did. Uh, I moved back to Georgia. This is the super condensed version. I moved back to Georgia, taught full time for a year at a college in my hometown. Then I went to another MFA at UMass Amherst and studied fiction, and basically was just you know doing that to. Um, a lot of my friends lived there, and I was just going to live somewhere other than my hometown, and that was like a good teaching job, basically. So, um, did that for Wait. three years, and then. So you did a second MFA in fiction after you completed one in poetry. That's correct. Wow, that's awesome. That's like you 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 got you got both both sides just doubling up. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it, it was like. I think at the time it seemed like this, I think the main reason I did it was because um, it was so hard to find a teaching job in uh, at any school. So I was like, well, I could, I could have a great part-time teaching job at, at UMass in a town that is like full of people I know. And so that was really the motivation. It wasn't like, Oh, I, I can't wait to take more workshops. Right. Um, but, and then it was like a fun joke to have two MFAs, to have two <laughs> or six degrees. I love that. Uh, I kind of like, I embraced that a little bit. And I had a couple of friends who did it too. <laughs> and we were like, this is the dumbest thing we could do. Let's just all do it. Um, then uh, after that second MFA, kind of like reality hit me. I was like, wait a minute, maybe this wasn't the smartest way to learn the most. <laughs> to do like the most comfortable cushy thing you could have done and it's not like i regret doing two or even one i just don't think i would recommend it if your goal was to like learn as much as you can i would have said maybe one is good especially if they pay you um but um i could have like i could have moved to a a, a crazy a big city i've never i'd never lived in a big city before so that's something I, I kind of wish I would have done instead, but then I grew out of that regret. And now I don't, I no longer really regret anything of, of those decisions. You know, that that's so interesting in terms of how timely it is, because um, I'm going to pick your brain for a second. Uh, Please. And so, you know, uh, I put off graduate school, the condensed version, I put off graduate school and then I recently uh, applied for a, a uh, for a program doing a, a master's in literature as opposed to an MFA. And a long time ago, uh, one of my first writing mentors, uh, Joseph Bethany, uh, Joseph Bethany, shout out, who's like the head of the creative writing department at Appalachian State, great guy. He had mentioned to me that he did like a, an MA in literature before his MFA. And he was like, that was a great, great experience to learn how to read better and all, and all these things. And then I thought that was, you know, I still do think that's very smart. But at the same time, I'm also having these like last second thoughts of, okay, I'm older, I have two babies, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to grad school for fun and and, and continue education and and I've been kind of on this uh, teetering on this edge of like should I should I do an MFA? I mean, uh, should I should I you know go get the masters and like, but then at the same time, so I'm really just kind of using this as a segue for you to give me uh, Mark advice. Um, what, what do you think about that? You, you think I should, you think I should, uh, go for the MA, go for the MFA. Don't do either one. Do you have any, and, and again, there's nothing, there's no wrong answer because, you know, I'm just like, I just want to ask someone who's been around the block, you know, what they think uh, about it. 
Okay. Well, maybe this is a one of the hidden benefits of doing two MFAs is that I have a lot of perspective on this one specific area. I know. I can. I've never met Should anybody who has as much perspective. Whatever. I've never met anybody <clears throat> until now who has this much perspective. So you, so you have no grad degree, and you're just trying to decide. Either no degree, should I get no degree, should I get an MA, or should I get an MFA, right? Yeah, so I studied, I did a creative writing undergraduate, and I left the country for a long time instead of going to grad school, and I like got in a couple times to a program or two, didn't want to come back, and then I finally came back, but quickly fell in love, had two kids, ran, started this nonprofit talking book a couple of years ago, and now you know I'm 35, and I'm like, you know what I'd love to do? My mom went back to college when she was young. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do that and, and go and go get a, uh, go continue c- continue the quest. I think it's time. It's now or never. And so I'm at that point. You know, I'm at that crossroads. Okay. So a couple questions are: Is, is your main objective? Is is it just like general education, or is it like? I want to be a writer. I want to get better. I want to publish. I want to publish a novel. You know, is it is it is there a concrete objective, or is it um, just I wish to be more educated and I would enjoy it? Yeah. See, that's that's probably the question that I struggle with. Is that um, there's a, there's this weird secret part of me that uh, of, you know, of course, I'm I'm always working on fiction and I'm always struggling through that. Uh, and so I do, you know, want to keep writing and, and get better at writing. But then I have this chip on my shoulders of like, uh, you know, I, of like, oh, well, I can write and be a better writer on my own time. But you know what I need a lot of help with is the uh, the act of uh, reading critical analysis, uh, you know, that continuing, maybe that would be the way to help me as opposed to that, the fine arts degree. And so I just don't, and I, I, I guess I'm struggling with like, I do want to write. I do want to teach. I used to teach. I don't need more, but I do want to, you know, continue teaching at some point. Um, and so I'm just like, damn, which one do I do? It's so difficult to say. Cause I think of the things you just said, both are true. Like both of those things mm-hmm. are yes. You know? Okay. My next question would be, <laughs> what is, is your great. financial situation? Are you like, let's say you got into the greatest, like a graduate school in any program that you wanted, but it was, it was expensive would that be a deal breaker or would it be like i'll only go if they're gonna give me you know a teaching assistantship or money i don't think it would be a deal breaker i don't think so okay. no i wouldn't i wouldn't mind either way i mean of course free is better but at the same time it's like debt to me exists but doesn't exist and like it's like i already have a bunch of debt from things and it's like a little more is not gonna not gonna make or break and i, I think maybe i'm naive in that way that i I don't believe in, in that kind of debt almost in the same way as, as, as I don't believe in God, maybe, which is probably really stupid, but I have that Very kind similar. of mindset. They're actually yes. really similar beliefs. Yeah, doesn't it seem that way? Yeah, that's kind of where I, where I stand with that. I don't know if that's dumb, but that's true. I don't think it's dumb, especially, I think it's a valid perspective to be kind of like uh, not afraid of debt often. I think it's also valid to be very afraid of it, but um but especially if you already have two kids, like your feet are probably firmly planted on the ground in terms of, you know, what to be afraid of and what not to be. I feel so, that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my other question is like, <clears throat> if you really want to teach college, I think, you know, at least a master's would, would be, you know, that'd be, that would, Without a master's, you're not really qualified to teach a lot of, I mean, as far as I know, any college, but... Yeah, no, true, true, true. And if that's a big priority, um, 
then I think the case for going to get a, a master's um, goes up. But let me yeah. think. The only no, other that, thing that I true. don't, the only other thing that's conf- that I, I'm more confused is like the critical, like the desire to be better at critical reading or critical analysis is just to play devil's advocate. I would argue you could learn that on your own. I know, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, this bullshit about and correct me if you if you disagree, but I mean, uh, this bullshit of like, you know, there there is this mentality of uh, like, oh, how useless is an MFA? But at the same time, how useless is an MA? I mean, aren't they, they they probably both have the same amount of um, you know usefulness or whatever, just depending on perspective. Um, and I think I think that's why. Like I said before, there could be a moment of some people who are like, well, you know, I can teach myself. I, you know, I can just keep writing, maybe take like a local workshop, talk to my writer friends. But, you know, I need I need that to have that <clears throat> that master. It seems like a slightly more practical master's, but maybe that's not true at all. Maybe they're both just as practical or not. I right? think I think they they're like um, both of them could be very valuable if you already have a bunch of other things in your pocket, like personal connections to a school or like um, a a network of professional and like social friends who can get you jobs or get your foot in the door with whatever. So if you, if you already have a lot of other advantages, I think having a degree can be really valuable. And if you don't have any other advantages and you are just going to be one of the thousands of schmucks on the slush pile trying to like crack your way into some job or to even crack your way into some kind of publication um, for whatever you want to write then I don't think they're that valuable interesting and hmm. they're or like they're at least not valuable in terms of achieving those goals they might be very valuable as like a general you know it would be nice to have an excuse to read all the classics or all the modernist classics or whatever so No, this is good. This is good. This is everything you just said is so good. I mean, not only, uh, not only is this, uh, this episode of the podcast just kind of changed into, uh, Mark, uh, help me and other people decide what to do with their lives. But I mean, uh, I think, you know, there's probably a lot of people that, unless I'm crazy, there's a lot of people that probably wonder like, damn, which, which, which track? I mean, neither track, both tracks. I mean, they both seem to hold value, but you kind of have to make some kind of decision. So I, no, think, I think, I think that's good. My final answer, or like, thank you for saying that, or I don't even know if you said a compliment. Final, but, a, final answer, Mark. <laughs> okay. Like, I think because your situation, what I know about it is that like, you're stable, you've got a business you're running, or a nonprofit you're running, you've got children, you've got a close partner, like, you've you got a lot of things in your life kind of locked down, or at least grounding you, mm-hmm. that you probably are not like at risk of making like a dumb decision because people around <laughs> you would kind of correct you a little bit. Right. Um, then I think then it's all about like, um, collaborate with your, with your other decision makers in your life and, uh, follow the fun and to say something cheesy, like what, what, what excites you that also excites them. And then Damn, whether did that you say you follow the fun or not, follow the fun. I say it I all the that. time as like a really dumb mantra, but 
it's like if if you've already got your basic needs and your basic relationships set, then and you don't know what to do between two things. Like I sort of say, follow the fun. But like you know, if you, if everything is up in the air, maybe not. It's not always the best thing to follow the fun. If you're if you're like you know extremely broke and, and sometimes, at least in my life, I've needed to not follow the fun. Right. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, that that's a great. <clears throat> I love that. That's a mantra for you. I'm gonna use that phrase. I'm gonna steal it. I think. Uh, I think that's. I think that's good advice. So to to everybody that I've been having this conversation with. Uh, l- listen to Mark and follow the fun. I mean, that's, that's a good point. The practical side is, uh, huh. is yeah, I mean, that side is, as you said, like almost not taken care of because everything's always a struggle, but that's not the part I'm worried about. So like kind of maybe uh, the follow the fun concept makes sense. And I also, I'm also a sucker for mantras and I also love um, kind of like a very, very like lazy man's concept of buddhism and zen and that kind of fits into that so i like i like that that phrase a lot great i hope that yeah <laughs> i, lo- I mean I love it's that. like the the follow the benefit of follow the fun is that like it's like probably not going to work out whatever you want you're probably not going to get but at least the beginning and the first few steps and at least the process will be fun right so you're kind of like it's like a conservative decision making philosophy where you you're cutting your, you're hedging your bets against failure. And at least, well, at least I'll have fun for a little while before I inevitably regret whatever I regret. And if you're, if I think if you move forward with that mentality, then you're open to being surprised by, you know, potentially good outcomes. Yeah, no, I think Better that's true. You thought. Yeah, that's, that's, no, that's great. I was, I was actually just, somebody asked me today what I thought about, uh, about talking book in terms of the future. And I, I didn't use the phrase, uh, follow the fun, but I said something very, very similar that might fit into that, um, that, that, uh, Mark philosophy where I was, you know, just talking about, um, it's been awesome so far and we're going to keep doing it. And if for some reason, um, it had to end at some point in the unforeseeable future that it was really, really, um, exciting and positive as an experience. So even if there was an ending to that, if we followed the fun, there was no, there was no downside, you know, even if it stopped, as you said, even if you didn't get what you wanted. Exactly. Cause no, you can't live forever if nothing lasts forever. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. So wait, so I, I just, I just milked you for um, some brilliant advice, some sage like advice. I mean, has there been anything in your life that um, not so much that I could help you with, but any kind of like interesting cro- <laughs> cro- crossroads that Mark, that, that you've been at? Like what's going on now? Uh, I kind of heard the condensed past. What's going on in the present? Um, let's see. The main problem right now is trying to find a job because I just moved. Me and my partner, we just moved to Atlanta, and because I have a brother and sister here, and we get to hang out all the time, and that's why we moved here for family. My my, my dad's close by too. But, um. We got here in September and like we've got a couple of part-time things, but um, not enough. So trying to find more work and that's not really, I, it's like, if you can offer me more work right now on the podcast, that would be awesome. But I don't expect that. <laughs> right. I'm and, like, uh, here's the thing. I need somebody in Atlanta right now, a hundred thousand dollars a year. 
uh, give advice about following the fun to people. I wish that were true. But you know, Atlanta's, uh, I love that you're in Atlanta because I go there sometimes and uh, I go to the, the Koreatown to go to the, uh, the Jimji Bond, the bathhouses. Um, wow, I don't know and, anything about <clears throat> Atlanta yet. I still don't. So where when is did you, that? When did you get there? September. Oh, wow. So wait, but, okay. So you, you moved there for family and for personal reasons, not, as you said, for a job, just because you're looking for one. Yeah. Like, uh, I think for a long time I was like, follow, follow the money. And then the long time I was follow the fun. And now I'm like, follow family. So I, we, we moved here specifically to be near family but we knew it would be a risk because like we didn't have jobs lined up. Sure. Yeah. I've done so, that a million times. Yeah. And we, we definitely had job opportunities elsewhere, but um, we didn't want to live far away. We were living in Portland, Oregon before where my wife was in school and it was really, we had a great time there, but we were, we were like a full day to travel away from all the families. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that's that's cool though. Um, in terms of uh, to the previous question, I think Koreatown is um, it's around. Uh, I don't. I'm trying to. It's around something called I eighty four I eighty five corridor. It's like uh, it's like uh, extending from Duluth. It's I'm not. I don't know a lot about Atlanta. I just always go to to Koreatown because to me it's my favorite part of Atlanta. It's like pretty, they have a pretty massive population. And I think all the restaurants and bars and bathhouses are the coolest part of Atlanta. Okay. I'll, ch- so, I'll find it. I think. Check it, ch- ch- yeah. Not. Check it out. Check it out and go to, um, go to a, uh, go to the Jimji bonds, which are just really fun. Kind of like Korean style bathhouses where you hang out all day and just take different baths and you can kind of meditate on, on, on the, on the future and, and what kind of jobs you're going to, are you, are you looking to looking to teach? I'm guessing again. Yeah, I'm looking for teaching jobs, but I also do like um, what do I do copywriting and uh, copy editing stuff like that. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, I think you guys are only like three hours from us here. About three hours. Close. Yeah, I want to. I want to go go visit. Yeah, you guys should. It'd be awesome. Bring your bring your uh, your wife. I think you said and. Uh, meet the kiddos and uh, read something. Maybe we'll just we'll just walk around. Just look look at the. Uh, I feel very at ease talking at talking to you. I, probably because you gave me sage like advice. There's a calming aspect to t- talking to you. We should just we'll all just walk around and, and talk and, and look at uh look at the mountains. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You're so also wait, how, a calming presence. Oh wow, that's <laughs> awesome. We're calming each other. So that's why this is here. That's why we do this. Good. What, uh, what, so what are you working on now? So you're in Atlanta, you're looking for a job, you know, Under the Sea came out with Tyrant Books in the audio book with us and Lunar Cross. What's, what's going on now in terms of your, your writing creative life? Well, um, the main thing I'm working on is a movie that I, I wrote and produced with my like filmmaking, uh, partners and, it had a, it had sort of a festival run. It had a, it had a this festival run this past year, and we're trying to get it ready for um, 
distribution and we're so, we're trying to just figure all that stuff out and that's fairly time consuming but the movie's really good and it's our second movie and our first movie um it was our it was it was definitely like a a first movie we learned a lot and uh some people like it i i like it too sometimes but this one is a little <laughs> this one's a lot better i think just because we we know more although i'm still proud of the first one um and you you so write the screen did you say you write out. you write them is that what you said you wrote the screenplay yeah i co-wrote the first one with our director and then i wrote this one and then produced it and it's like super low budget where you know i'm the writer but i also do everything else and the director sure. he also does a lot of writing and everybody's doing everything but we're trying to you know finally publish that or distribute it and it's really a lot of a lot of like i love the writing part that's my favorite part. That's, in sure. fact, the only part I don't hate. <laughs> but there's a lot of the other stuff. There's like the writing is only, you know, 5% of it. So there's 95% of it. It's just a slog of contracts and like emails and spreadsheets. So that's not even the fun thing that I'm doing. Uh, that's not even creative anymore. So, so wait, before the, you, the before you thing, go, before, yeah. wait, before you go yeah. on, is there a way for me or any of our thousands of fans for it to watch that can we watch it or not yet until it's published yeah it's it's not available for the public yet gotcha but okay. probably for, probably this year oh hell yeah i can't wait that's awesome sorry sorry for interrupting what so what were you going to say no, no. The, the fun more fun creative thing that i was doing that i've been doing for the past year is finishing or writing a novel and uh it's basically done but I just have to do one more pass to make it tight, and I'm almost done. I'm like a, I'm like two two weeks away from that final thing, oh, shit, and by that's... that final, we'll be like sending it to an agent. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you I'm have? Sure do like you have a... an... Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, do you, do you have an agent, or how does that how does that work for you right now? I do have an agent, and uh, it's kind of. It, it's sort of like a handshake agreement. It's not, it's not that official because like she helps me out. And, um, but we, we got together because I was already going to be published by tyrant. So it's like when it went with under the sea. So she read under the sea and liked it and was like, well, you already have got a publisher. So, you know, you don't really need me, but you know, I'll, I'll help you out with some other little stuff. And in exchange, you know, send me your next book. So that's sort of where we're at. And she's really good. She's very tough. Um, oh, that's great. But it's, I respect her. It's not someone who just tells me, oh, this is awesome. You know, so there's like a, a high standard that I, I really respond to, I think. So it sounds like you've got, I, I feel like I had just kind of like a, um, a, in retrospect, a small, you know, question crossroads in terms of uh, what to do. But in reality, like you have, you just moved to Atlanta with your wife, looking for a job. You're trying to get a film distributed, and you're two weeks away from finishing a novel. I mean, you've got a shit ton going on. Well, it's true. There is a lot of like that. Um, so it's like every day I get up. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just. I, 
I think I'm just I'm just trying to paint a picture of what my day is like, even for myself to, to reflect no, I want, on. It. I, I, like, I want that. Give me the mark day. It's like every day you get up and um, make coffee, walk the dog, and then start like applying for jobs, and then do like and do like an hour and a half of that, and then you do an hour and a half of like freelancing. Right now, I'm like putting together PowerPoint or an econ textbook, and then um, switch back to jobs then do emails and like basically when your whole brain is fried um go for a walk walk the dog again and maybe go into town and get a cup of coffee and then work on the final pass on this novel for another um couple hours come home uh, make supper and then do another like freelance batch or a job application or something then watch a movie. Good. Then watch a movie. What time does the movie generally start? Uh, like nine. Okay, that sounds yeah, that sounds pretty close to mine. What uh? Okay, wow, yeah, that's a lot. So, you know, when you said go to a coffee shop, all I could think of was garbage. That story. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. I listened to that again the other day. It's so goddamn funny. I love the way Luna read it too. Like, did the voices of the girls saying garbage is so funny. And that's, I haven't heard that story. I like, I've listened to the first four or three, and then I listened to the last two because I was like really curious about the last one. But, I, but garbage is in the middle, so I was like, I still haven't. Yeah, listen to garbage. Stopped. I like I like all of them, but I specifically I, I've cycled through which ones. Like by the time we ever finish recording and editing and QCing and proofing a book and like listening to it a bunch of times, I always change in terms of my favorite parts or whatever. But uh, short stories are always fascinating because there's not the same voice throughout and so <clears throat> and, and garbage i listened to again just the other day and i was just laughing like and and when you said the coffee shop i was just thinking about you in a coffee shop and then like running into girls like that and you're waiting in line and just trying to not explode i just thought that was such a that was such a goddamn goddamn uh golden one i loved it well thank you very much i remember yeah. i remember that like story i remember the cafe i was in in Northampton when I when it's like something happened like that I saw I saw this whole exchange occur but then it it's like the story then I like wrote a story about it like a, a few months later and then the story's gone through so many drafts and changes that um I really can't remember anything of what actually happened and I, I don't I really have no idea what what I really saw there and the story is now just so much more vivid in my imagination. And I really, it's like, I don't even, maybe, maybe one person said garbage one time, you know, for all I know, that, <laughs> right. that's what yeah. really happened. And then yeah. like, I blew it up into this whole thing. But No, it's great. It actually, like some, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, actually, it, it's actually, this is appropriate because, uh, you know, we always, we'll play a piece of the book we recorded, you know, when we talk to an author. And so, uh, yeah, so yeah. maybe, maybe I'll just play a part of that. And maybe the first time you hear it will be after you listen to this podcast of the most illuminating conversation two men have ever had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, are you cool I'll, with that to play play garbage as the, as the excerpt to totally. this, you, you get last call. This is your show. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's, that's great. What, yeah, that, I don't have a better idea. Okay, all right. 
All right. Well, we'll we're going to go with garbage then. Um, that's great. Yeah. I thought yeah, she the, did an amazing job, Luna Cross. Oh, was, good. Um, yeah, yeah. So I liked awesome. it a lot. Yeah, it's so fun. Uh, you know, most of the time, I, I anytime I pick a book to do for Talking Book, it's because I like the author and the, and the writing, and I want to, like, I always make the joke that I just want to, like, uh, talk to the author and just, like, you know, use the recording of the book the book as, like, a loophole to, like, get good advice about, about life like I just got from you. <laughs> Uh, so that's the whole reason we even do this. Um, but then also that, that other side of being able to meet, um, people in this kind of strange side of things that I, I know much less about the voice acting part. It's always a cool experience working with, with those people too. This is kind of a unsung heroes of that, that industry. I, I bet I've, I've, in the, in the movies we've done, I've just like, I, lo I love actors and I just think they're so interesting and, um, like, Thinking like as an as a non actor, thinking about acting is so uh, rewarding for me as a writer because I feel like it's such a great um, parallel to writing, and um, I feel like when I like the, the more I understood actors and acting and the, like the, the complexity of that of that art form, my writing has only like gotten better. And so when I you know when you hear a good voice actor. And it's really hard to figure out what, to me, what, what do you, how would you even define a good performance? And uh, it was, just, it's just really fun. Um, and I, it's, it's always fun to be in like a casting role or like, it's fascinating to me because um, working on our films, you know, me and the director and, and the other producer, we'd have to like define what good acting is because if we disagree on you know two performers and who do we cast and and those are just fascinating conversations that like people are completely in disagreement about um but as, as far as my, my definition of good acting i think Lena cross was like just really good oh that's so good to hear that's awesome yeah i'm glad you had a good good experience with the finished product and everything um yeah, hopefully, maybe maybe in the future, depending on where the where the novel goes and you know how all that goes, maybe we can we can do this again somehow. Oh yeah, that'd be great. All right, well, Mark, you, my friend, are a great person to talk to and a, and a great writer to work with. And since we're only three hours away, first mission, I'll figure out the grad school thing. You go to Koreatown, and obviously, we'll find you a job ASAP. And then after that, when this when the dust settles, then maybe. Uh, then we'll come there, you or you come here and hang out. Perfect. Let's just. That's, that's great. That's a great plan. Um, <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Are you uh, Are you gonna watch a movie tonight? I will want to. You know, actually, what I want to watch is uh, the new Star Trek Discover. It's on CBS. It's like Holy on Netflix shit. TV. Holy <laughs> shit! Don't don't get don't get me started. That's all I've been talking about recently. I just watched the first episode last night and I was like, I was skeptical cause it's like network, but the reviews were positive. So I was like, I'll definitely give it a shot. And, uh, I also read a review that was like, it takes it a couple episodes, but once it takes off, it's really great. And I mean, I was basically hooked after episode one, but I'm really excited about it. And I just love the, the how um, interesting the main character is. Michael Burnham. Yeah. Yeah, well, are you talking about the first season or the one that just started? 
I've just started the first season, so I've got okay. a long way to go. No, but that's awesome. I mean, I, I only finished the first season recently, and like, I wasn't a big fan of the uh, the J.J. Abrams movies because I'm like a, a big Star Trek nerd of like old stuff, and uh, uh, and so the J.J. Abrams ones kind of like rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, just like as a little uh, bitchy fanboy. But um, but uh, but yeah, the new show I think is like solid and fun, and though it has its flaws, of course, it's like it's definitely super solid and I, I was literally going to watch that tonight so we can watch it at the same time and it's like we're looking at the same moon uh, awesome. Star Trek Discovery <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's great alright well Mark enjoy Star Trek thanks so much for, uh, for talking to me and uh, yeah we'll keep in touch and talk soon this is the beginning not the end that's beautiful Chris thank you, uh, <laughs> you yeah thanks so much for the advice by the way too and good luck on everything yeah, uh, thanks for your advice. I think you gave me advice. Might, maybe, maybe I did. Well, you actually just told me that you were just going to give me a job and all that. All my problems would be solved. So that's, oh, that part's that's true. Good. We're gonna uh, after the episode. I'll call you right back. We'll talk about the big money job coming. We're gonna figure it out. Perfect. Let's keep that off the air. <laughs> okay, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Take care. All right, everybody, that was me talking to the author of the short story collection, uh, Under the Sea. His name is Mark Leidner. You can get that book now, the print book from Tyrant Books, the audio book from us. Get that shit on Audible and iTunes or at thetalkingbook.org. Um, we also made books with people like Scott McClanahan, Darcy Wilder, um, Miriam Gerba, Debel and Unferth, uh, Liska Jacobs. Uh, Noah Cicero, Sam Pink, Alex Higley, not lots of nice people. El Nash, lots of cool people hanging out at the talking book. You can come hang out with us too. Come to Asheville, North Carolina. Um, you heard me just telling, telling Mark to do that. Even if you, you don't live close as Atlanta, come, just come over and hang out. We'll do something. We'll do something fun. We'll go to a bar. I work at a bar on the weekends. We can go there, probably get the hookup on some Underbergs, which is a bitter, uh, digestive, uh, very bitter, very, very bitter, but you, you would, you would love it. It's delicious. Anyway, I hope you have a good day and you're take caring, uh, taking care of your life and making, making 2019 the best year you ever had. Uh, it's 20 grind teen. If you heard, uh, on a previous episode, so grind it out, write your shit, do your shit. Um, you know, make everything, uh, make everything better than it was last year. But anyway, don't listen to me. Listen to uh, listen to Under the Sea by Mark Leidner. My name is Chris Hartram, the Talking Book Podcast. Bye. Like a bishop who has forsaken sympathy, chasing sister squares. I was lit before I knew that you were there Like an angel who has forsaken certainty Sleeping in 
Passing over, and the window 